Hello, it's time to build your empire. Sophie Zolman, owner and founder of Sophie Zoe Virtually There For You, is sharing the secrets to building a better business and taking back your time. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Building Your Empire with Sophie Zoe. I'm excited for yet another amazing, amazing guest. Uh, today I have a friend and colleague, dear, Dr. Carrie Johansson. Yes. And Dr. Carrie is a psychologist turned speaker and author who specializes in helping people learn how to navigate life's chaos with more ease. Hey, I can relate to that. She has 20 years of experience as a therapist treating individuals with anxiety and trauma and is now bringing her focus to larger groups through books, workshops, and keynotes. She teaches self-empowerment using evidence-based information to get people out of victim mode and to creating the type of rich, meaningful life they have always wanted to create. On a personal note, if Dr. Carey isn't at work, you'll either find her outside hiking or inside making muffins and other treats to share. Mmm, love me some muffins, make me some cookies, let's do it. Hey, Carrie, <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. Hi, Sophie, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Alrighty, uh, this I'm really excited to get your take on on the the topic at hand, which is what is your best advice for business owners who want to scale their business to the next level and beyond. So my advice sounds simple, and in some ways, it, logically, it is really simple, but it's complex to apply. Which is that they need to get real. They need to get real about what is working and what isn't working and to do an assessment beyond just how they feel about things. So how you feel is important information, right? If you're excited about something, if you're nervous about something, all of those emotions are certainly important to pay attention to, but at the end of the day, emotions are not linked very well to action. And big emotions, particularly big negative emotions, tend to actually put us into inaction. So anxiety and fear will shut us down. Um, even excitement, sometimes then we'll just be spinning instead of moving forward. So moving beyond emotions means doing an assessment of what is actually going on in reality. What are you thinking? What are your best next steps? What's the move that's gonna make the biggest difference? Not the move that's gonna make you feel the most comfortable. So it's kind of taking emotions and noticing them and then tucking them off to the side and getting real about the rest of it. And then you can do an honest appraisal about what's working really well, what isn't working very well, what are the actual resources I need to take my business from here to here and then hold it until we want to go up to the next level. I love that because you're not ignoring emotions um, and you're letting them be a... Uh, a sign as opposed to a trigger yes. um, and, and letting, you know, because emotions are that little, that inkling that something is working, not working good, bad, whatever, but it's like, okay, let's not wallow in the emotion and not do anything about it. And let's not, what, cause you're right. Good or bad, you know, excitement or, you know, upset. Uh, I, you know, I just recently came through the whole, reliving the old fashioned hustle grind, go, 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 uh, you know, way of life until no. I came, you know, I, I literally came to a screeching halt with COVID in bed, you know? And so, you know, if you ignore the emotions 
and all of that that comes with it, you're going to potentially crash and burn. Mm -hmm. But if you don't and you do the reality side of it, because there is that work of, you know, well, why am I feeling this? Uh, But feelings, like you said, come down to thoughts. What are you thinking what are you doing? Because ultimately action is what gets you from A to B and, and that's what's important. So when you are working with people who are trying to grow a business and do things, and you know, for me, you're you're a, a psychologist and you know, by trade initially, mm-hmm. but you're also but you've moved into, you know, group settings and workshops and things. So what, where do you start when it comes to helping someone get real? Well, and a part of getting real is understanding that you can't wait until you feel comfortable to make a move. And the interesting thing, especially if somebody's looking to make a big change and they want to grow their business. And one of the things that you talk a ton about is like you go from 500 to a million, then you go from a million and let's get you even higher. If you wait until you feel motivated, calm, and comfortable to make to make anything happen, you're going to be waiting forever. Because if you look at a learning curve, right? Like I'm going to draw this out for those of you who are just listening and can't see the video. At the bottom, you know, you're at the bottom, and this is where you are. And then there's a line that goes up and across. And motivation comes at the end. Motivation comes with mastery and with some, you know, confidence comes after you've actually gotten the ball rolling and you're seeing some positive results. So when we are waiting, particularly as entrepreneurs, we're waiting till we feel comfortable and then we're going to get level up. The answer is that the inherent issue with leveling up is that it requires feeling uncomfortable it means that you have to be willing to do something hard and then then the good feelings will follow. But action follows a commitment to action that is typically a thinking born activity. Action almost never follows an emotional response to something unless it's immediate, right? You're sad and then you start crying, feeling action. Um, but so that notion of helping folks move, wait, you know, move beyond, well, I'm waiting for motivation or I'm waiting till I feel good about this. Instead, it's like, slow down, do the assessment. What is actually going to move you forward? And really starting there with identifying what are their most important values? What's the thing they're looking to achieve? And then what are the actions associated with that value and with that goal? I like that. And, you know, and it's, it's not just about stepping out of your comfort zone. It is about, you know, because there's a lot of people, it's, well, I'm waiting for the, you know, the right spark, the right motivation. And then there's the others that are like, well, it's not perfect yet. I'm developing this thing and I can't do it until it's perfect. And perfection is, is, is kind of a feeling, sure. but it's all, and it's all, but, and it's one of those things that stops people. And it's like perfection, you know, we're human beings um, you know, perfection is not really something that happens, even for the Virgos like me who think they should be perfect at times, you know, that, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist, still a Virgo, but I'm trying not to be a perfectionist. It can stop you. And, and then there's, you know, well, you're saying, okay, now you have to get uncomfortable. You have to take action. That's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, in a lot of cases, that's gonna, that's gonna bring up fear. 
oh, people. Absolutely. And part of perfectionism, it's driven by anxiety, right? The notion that if I get to 100%, then everything's going to be okay. And one of the things that I encourage people, also fellow recovering perfectionist, also fellow, I'm not sure recovering well enough procrastinator, right? So we have these things on the board. Um, but I re actually really encourage folks, if you can get to 80%, you're probably good to go. Right. So if you can get 80 percent of the information about your business next step, you probably have enough information, more than enough information to make a move. If you can get to 80 percent confidence, holy cow, you're great. Right. So taking that perfectionistic notion and taking the fear that's insisting that you can only do it this way or you'll fail. And to recognize there's a ton of nuance in between there and start seeking that 80% number. I think it's really helpful. I love that. And yeah. And, you know, I, I, the 80-20 rule, so to speak, fits in a yeah. lot of ways. I mean, and, I, you know, I've heard health and wellness coaches say, you know, if you can be, you know, eat healthy and exercise and do the good things 80% of the time, you got that's, it. you're going to see results. You don't have to be stickler to eat just carrots every single day for the rest of your life you know it's yeah. and so and it's the same way with what you're talking about with taking action you know and here's the thing is you don't know what's going to happen till you right. do it yes and here's a super scary idea you can't actually judge your decision on the outcome so this is very controversial, right? Because we are often looking and part of perfectionism and part of what stalls people in moving forward in their businesses or in their personal lives is they feel like if they can't get it all the way right, they shouldn't try it all, right? And they're all the way right means that they have, you know, made the million dollars, lost the 10 pounds, met the spouse fired the problem coworker, you know, whatever, whatever, ranging from personal to professional outcomes always come with positive negatives and neutrals. So when we are trying to make decisions based on like, well, I will only do, I will only think this is a good decision if I get X outcome. And the answer is that sometimes we get X outcome when we've made a great decision. And sometimes you can make a really poor decision and still get a reasonable outcome and vice versa. Sometimes you can make a great decision based on the information you have at the time and not get the outcome that you want. And this is where, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, um, but this is where that notion of assessment comes in. And so checking along the way, checking the process is a much better metric than trying to insist on a certain outcome. So checking along the way, Am I moving towards the direction I want to be moving? Is Does this launch that I did, has it actually netted me some income? If not, why not? Let me tweak this, try this differently. And I would imagine you and your team are experts at taking a look at some of this, right? This is a piece of what you do for people. And so do you feel the same way? Like, do you feel like checking along the way is more important than waiting for a perfect outcome? Oh, absolutely. Because there is no way to know what the outcome really is going to be. No matter how, you know, you can gather all the information you can use what the latest guru used <laughs> and was successful for him or her, and it still may not work for you. 
for various reasons. And if you just launch it and go, oh, it didn't work, it's a failure, and you just throw it out and say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore because it failed, and you don't look at what really happened what you know, and gather as much information and data to try to determine what went wrong, what didn't work, what did work, mm-hmm. and tw- you know, tweak it and fine tune it and try it again. You know, you're going to be reinventing the wheel every right. single time you want to do something, and yeah. that becomes overwhelming and frustrating. And 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 you start bringing in those negative emotions that start making you want to stop because you're you know it's not working because you're just you're living in the the failure of it or the the not as good as you wanted of it mm-hmm. instead of you know being real looking at what you did what the process was what the statistics were on you know whether it's open rates and and click throughs you know all those different things and you know in some cases depending upon what it is it's always a good thing to have plan b and c in yes. the back of your mind mm-hmm. Because in some cases, you can kind of think about potential um, things going wrong or, or not working. Not, not going wrong is the wrong way to talk, talk about it. Something isn't working. It's not getting enough this or enough that to get the result that you want. And you can, yep. along the way, tweak it before you ever get to the true ending. And you might be able to get it, the ending you want or as close to it as you can possibly get. Because... It's not just launch it and then wait and see if it fails. Yep. It's launch it, track it, watch it, tweak it in the while you mm-hmm. while you're in there if you can, and then and eventually it will come out to be definitive whether it's going to work or not, and whether yeah. you need to throw it out completely and start over or continue to play with it and and fine tune it because you know. Cookie cutter stuff, you know, I've I've been a proponent of don't do the cookie cutter thing. Right. Because there for so many reasons, you know, depending it could not be a match for you, your business model, your personality, how you work, how you want to deliver what you do. There's so many reasons why cookie cutter, you know, especially the cookie cutter results that guarantee six figures in your next launch or a million dollars in in six months. It's like okay. All yep. right. Yeah, sure. But, you know, and, you know, an example I like to give, you know, I love Tony Robbins. I love Dean Graziosi. They're mm-hmm. amazing gentlemen. They have amazing businesses. They make lots of money doing what they do. Yep. But they also have a following that is ginormous. Right. That will generally buy anything they put out there. Right. Whether it's good or bad, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. because it's Tony Robbins or Dean Graziosi, yep. they will buy it because it's them. And and they you know, the presumption is, oh, if Tony's putting it out, it's good. It's going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And if you use Tony's funnel or Tony's whatever and you and you do the exact same thing, but you don't have the but you're not the thousands of people. Yeah. In your network, both your email list, your social media, and and all the great partners like the Dean Graziosis who are going to promote it for you too, you are not going to see the same million, billion dollar success that they see. Right. It's just not going to happen. And so many people get caught up in the hype and the and all of that and say, well, if Tony did it and made a million dollars, I can do it too and I'll make a million dollars. And then they're very disappointed when they don't. But don't you think that's a part of getting real? Because part of getting real is being yourself. 
Absolutely. And figuring out and identifying what portions of yourself are real strengths that you can leverage and bring into building your business. Are there some parts of yourself that are your weaknesses and you're going to need some help either to get around them, right, by delegating something or to work hard to minimize your weaknesses, right? Like, right. And it's important if you're always just looking at, oh, well, Tony's doing it this way. I have to do it Tony's way instead of like, what am I most comfortable with? What are my strengths? And then putting that out there, that again is part of that reality-based orientation of let's actually pay attention to what works for the audience I'm looking at reaching and what works best in terms of my favorite delivery style. And once we put those things together, people can feel when folks are disingenuous and they don't like it, Right. right? They really do like genuine connection. And so if you are being genuine and being more yourself and then targeting a specific audience that you've identified well, you're going to do so much better than trying to copy someone else. I love it. Yeah, I I mean, and that is a part of getting real. Exactly. Um, You know, the cookie cutter thing from somebody else, you know, it's it, it can be a starting point. Let's start with that. And let's get real with it and see what pieces and parts of it we can actually use authentically and genuinely and then fill in the rest with what what is us and what we want to do with it and make it ours. And, you know, of course, you know, you don't want to do anything like copyright infringement or any of that. I'm not talking about that, but, you know. There is a way to take a cookie cutter method or multiple cookie cutter methods, pull out the pieces and parts that you like and that you think will work for yourself, your business and your audience and make your own. Yes. That is going to be the best thing that you can do without literally creating it from scratch, from the ground up with no input from any outside sources. You do need the outside sources, the outside training, the outside information of what's trending in the market and what's working in the market kind of a thing, but you don't have to do it exactly like anybody else because one final piece of this getting real that I want to touch on is when you're doing what somebody else is doing, you put yourself deeply into comparison mode. Yes. And And comparison mode is not being real. It's not being real And it comparison mode tends to invite in. It sends like a platinum, you know, (laughs) platinum wrapped invitation for anxiety to come in and run the show. Because as soon as you're comparing, you're either elevating yourself above someone else. Oh, I would never do that. Right. Or you are denigrating yourself below someone else. I can't believe what they have. Right. And neither one is, again, get real. Neither one is reality or rather both are reality. Hey, this person's better than you at this. You're better than this person at that. Okay. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. Now working with your reality, what would you like? So one thing I recommend to people who are getting a little bit lost in comparisons, especially if they're getting lost in jealousy comparisons, right? Like, oh, I wish I had X is to notice what is that X that they're looking for? And then see how they can invite that into their world on purpose in their own way, right? 
So, you know, if one person's coming to you and they're at the $500,000 mark and they see a competitor who's at the $2 million mark, if they're spending a ton of time and energy just lamenting that they aren't at the $2 million mark, they're going to go very far, right? But if they say like, hey, I know so-and-so is at the $2 million mark and here's what I would enjoy doing with with $2 million in gross revenue, right? This is how I would be able to treat my employees. This is how I'd be able to, you know, reach my people, fulfill my mission, then all of a sudden that isn't comparison as much as it is motivation. And then that you can that you can hang on to because that then becomes an aspiration instead of a jealous sort of shutdown moment for yourself. Absolutely. Well, and I like that you turned a dollar amount into what does that dollar amount get you? Why, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, what, you know, I, I want $2 million. Well, why do you want $2 why? million? What are you going to do with $2 million? You know, is that just some random number that you think you need to make to be special or successful or important mm-hmm. or just like whoever? Or is it is it something that is a really legitimate goal to bring you what $2 million will bring you? If Because if you don't need $2 million to be happy getting the things you want and the things you want to do in your business, then why shoot for $2 million? I mean, you know, I kind of learned that lesson myself. I was, I set a number goal for this year, halfway through the year, I went, I'm not going to meet that goal. Mm -hmm. Do I care? That sucks. But here's the thing. My ultimate goal is not money. It's, and it's, well, I mean, it's money, but it's not a specific dollar amount because I don't necessarily need a million dollars to have my dream beach house in Florida on the beach. Right. So like you said, I'm getting real. I'm focusing on what I really want and I need the money in combination with my husband's money to buy the beach house of our dreams in Florida right. on the beach. I don't need, I don't, who knows what I, I don't even know how much I need to do that. So, you know, shooting for a million dollars, it's like, well, that was just some random number to go, oh, I'm a millionaire now. Woo-hoo. Well, and then notice when you tied it into the values, right, which is what is important to you? What do you stand for? It sounds like one of the things that is important to you and your husband is to have a place where you can go and relax on the beach in Florida. Right. Understanding that and having a foundation of a value is a much more valuable way to then choose your next action. So your next action, once you've figured out what that is, right, your value, place to rest in Florida on the beach, great. Now you have a next action item, which is really concrete. Let's go research how much is property in the place that you wanna live. Or maybe you guys need to take a weekend and pop down and go and explore places that you wanna live, right? Like it ends up being tied to concrete action in a way that I want a million dollars, which is kind of just an amorphous goal, seems concrete because there's a number in there, but it's actually a pretty amorphous goal because it isn't tied to a value. And as soon as you tie something to a value, then from the value foundation, then you can choose skillful action that's actually concrete to move forward. And then you can take a look like, oh, shit, I'm going to need $2 million versus, oh, sweet, we already have this. I don't even need the million dollars. Right. Right. Get the information. And then once you have the information, then that gives you that puts you on a path towards another concrete action that you can take. 
Yes. No, I love it. All right. So Carrie, I, we could probably talk all day, all day, <laughs> but you know, that's not what we do here. We, we, we kind of try, we try to keep it brief. So tell my listeners where they can find you, how they can get real with you, how they can, you know, learn more about what you and what you do to see if they, you know, want to have, if it's a fit for them. And if you have something to offer them, let them know that too. That would be terrific. So I would ask that folks reach out to me directly through my website, selfhelponthego.com. Happens to be the same name as my book, which is available on Amazon, selfhelponthego.com. And reach out and send me an email. And I would be more than happy to give you a 50% discount on my upcoming course, which is all about making stress your superpower. So you reach out to me on my contact form on my website and let me know that you heard me on Sophie Zoe's podcast and you will have an automatic 50% off on my course. So awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. And I'm sure they will love it too, because everybody has stress. Everybody. everybody has stress. And the more we, the, the more we know on how to make it work for us instead of against us, that is priceless, quite frankly, in my opinion, but Anyway, thank you so much, Dr. Carey, for being on the show today. It's been a great pleasure having you. And to my listeners out there, if you uh, liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Share it with your friends and colleagues and let them know that we've got, we, we can get real and we can be successful. And Carey, Dr. Carey can help you do that. So that's a wrap for today. And I will see you all next week. Thanks, Sophie. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Building Your Empire. For more tips on business building and living your best life, check out our website at sophiezoe.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Have a great day.